listen to the C to Z of movies. My name is Colin. I am the C. Uh, joining me over the Ethernet, internet, intranet, uh, as ever, is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello, hello. The cinemas are open. They're back. They are. Everything's back. Have you been to a cinema? No. Okay. <laughs> I have. There's nothing, uh, there's nothing that I want to watch. I there. have been to a cinema, Zijan. Let me tell you, oh. it's uh, much the same as it was last time they reopened, I suppose. Uh, I thought you hated going to a cinema with your mask on. Uh, I'm not a big fan. Um, although it's, it's weird, I think... With a little bit of care and effort, I, I can do it so that um, my glasses don't steam up. So it's uh, I don't really notice it too much after a while. But the, huh. Although last year, because I, I went to cinema three times last year, mostly for this podcast, um, and there was hardly anyone there, but this one was quite busy. So. Interesting. What do you watch? Uh, well, we'll find out, Zijan, in uh, To See or Not To Z, our famous section I, where we talk about films I, I have seen. a feeling it's Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, well you'll, you'll, you'll find out soon, Zijan. You'll find out. I, soon. I know why you watch. I know what else came out then. Uh, but we, before we before we discover that, this is some sizzle. Um, before we discover that, before we discover whether Zijan is right or wrong, how, how much money did you say you're putting on it, Zijan? Nothing. Zero. No, it, zero? <laughs> um, Godzilla versus Kong. Anyway, um, we we will we will have some movie news, Zijan. What what movie news have you got for us? Oh, wait a minute. I've not done anything. Oh, it's been a while. I say it's been a while. Well, it's not been a while. It's been, it's two, been weeks. two weeks like it always is. Um, no, it's not. It's, it's because my, my mind is in revisions. I'm revising for an exam. Um, and that's where my mind is. It's gonna, I'm going to be phoning this episode in, if I'm honest. You're going to do the heavy lifting. Right. This is all excuses when you do badly in the quiz. As that's well. absolutely right. That's absolutely <laughs> right. Get all out right now. <laughs> um, today we're talking about revenge movies. Uh, movies in which someone pl- plots and indeed carries out revenge, uh, as suggested by your brother, I think, Sujan. Yep, that's correct. We take suggestions. If you have a suggestion for a movie uh, topic or any uh, movie you should see or a uh, episode topic, uh, get in touch with us, cdzmovies at gmail.com. Uh, and we will almost certainly do it because we love to please. Um, but we're also, what we're doing, we're doing a quiz on Sony Animation, which, as Sujan has forewarned, I'm going to have all sorts of excuses about. But we're talking about the films of Judy Greer. And much, much, much more. more. Uh, and as previously advertised, um, movie, <laughs> movie news, Asian. What have you got? Hello. Uh, not much. There's a lot of casting news, especially for Knives Out Two. Yeah. I think they've just announced that it's. They've just announced it one at a time instead of announcing everything at once. They just say, oh, "Okay, he's cast. Now she's cast." And every day is like a different piece of news, but in no particular order. Okay. Um, the cast now includes Kate Hudson, Catherine Hahn. Dave Bautista, uh, Janelle Monae, Leslie Odom Jr., and Edward Norton. Have I missed any? Uh, those, those are the ones I had. I, I, you're not in it then? No. No, okay. There were so many announcements I thought maybe I missed one. Um, yeah, it's. I don't, I don't know why they've done them day by day. Whenever they announce um, for a new James Bond film, whenever they announce the Bond girls, they always announce kind of the, the lesser Bond girl first. Uh-huh. And then. The papers pick it up, and then they announce the other one like two days later or something, just to make sure they get more publicity. And I guess maybe that's what they're doing here, they're trying to get as much publicity as possible by stretching it out. I uh, I guess so. Yeah, get, keeping people on tenterhooks, waiting for the next cast member. Why no one's waiting for it? They just say okay. Like because the thing is, we don't know how many people are going to be in the cast anyway. It's going to be a murder mystery, so there's going to be like a huge cast, so that there'll be red herrings about you know. That's the whole point of any uh, detective. Uh, detective. Yeah, you've, you've, you've got to have so. a decent number of, of relatively famous actors. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think about Kate Hudson? I haven't seen her in anything for a while. Oh, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of her. I, I, I think she was really good in um, uh, "Wish I Was Here," the Zach Braff film, uh, and of course, um, I said, "Oh dear me!" Almost famous many years ago, but. Uh, yeah, I don't. Ro- no, obviously, Catherine Hahn is having a is having a moment off off the back of One Division. We all we, yep. all, have, we all have Catherine Hahn, but uh, yeah, this solid cast. But there's, there's no one here that I would say right. I must rush out and see a Ed Norton film or something. Um, it's been a while we've seen an Ed Norton film. They're quite they're a lot of Oscar nominees. Leslie Odom Jr. is an Oscar nominee. She yes, Monet that's true. Yes, yeah. Oscar nominee and Ed Norton, obviously. But yeah, um, I mean. It's yeah. It's a murder mystery. The more diverse the cast, the more eclectic, more it makes it more interesting, right? Okay, so, but but what I'm going to need you to do, Zijan, is tell me who you think the murderer is. Who did? Who do I think the murderer is? Yeah. Hmm. Because oh, so spoiler alert. 
the murderer in the last film was Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be a female murderer this time. I see. Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm. So among the three, I'm going to go with Janelle Monáe. Janelle Monáe. Now, I generally, I generally have a theory that the most famous person is the murderer. Uh, mm. And I think that was bugs up a nice out. I mean, Chris Evans, you could argue that he's not the most famous, but it's only the most uh, bankable at the moment, I suppose, probably the, the most difficult to get, perhaps. So so I think there's a word out there. Maybe they'll go to... I'm going to go Catherine Hahn. Nice. We'll find out in whenever Knives Out 2 is coming out. I think she'll make a good one, though. Yeah, unless maybe uh, maybe they think oh she's too associated with being the evil character after One Division. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? True. Anyway, fellas, they could, they may not have, they may be more cast they've not told us yet that includes murder. Maybe Chris Evans is coming back to murder more people. Oh, I wonder if you know I, I don't know whether they did this in Knives Out or whether they film like different um, you know with different people being the murderer. The oh yeah, murderer. yeah, and then they don't so that the cast don't even know who the actual real murderer is until the last editing uh, of the film. I think that'd be quite cool, so that there won't be any spoilers. But you do obviously, s- there's a lot of work. Yeah, there's <laughs> a, you do sometimes hear that where they say they filmed alternate endings. Usually, I don't believe it. You, I, I remember there was a thing where um where Lisa Kudrow uh, accidentally let slip that Ross said uh, Rachel's name at the altar in Friends. And then they claimed afterwards that they'd filmed lots of different endings just to try and put people on <laughs> percent, but it just wasn't true. No. Uh, what else we got? We're getting a share biopic. Uh, it's going to be written by Eric Roth, best known for writing Forrest Gump. Mm. Uh, so we're going to get the story of Cher. It's as we as we often comment, now is the uh, the time for uh, musician biopics. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I don't really know much about Cher's life other than she hung around with a guy called Sonny for quite a while. Well, we'll find out. Like, will we? Are you going? To, yeah, I guess we will. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not only going to be a music career. Maybe it's going to be a film career as well. Because she did have quite a good film. That's film true. Career. That's true. Mamma Mia Two, for example. Didn't she win an Oscar for Moonstruck? She did. <laughs> she did. I don't think. So she, harsh. I don't think she won an Oscar for Mamma Mia Two. I've not seen. Uh, I've not seen any of her acting apart from Mamma. In fact, I haven't even seen Mamma Mia 2. I've just seen the trailer. <laughs> I don't think I've. I don't think I've seen any of her acting apart from a brief. I saw some of of Two with Mussolini, which she was in. Mm. Um, to no surprise, uh, Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill are returning for Enola Holmes too. Um, mm. Yeah, we've seen Enola Holmes on Netflix. I'm pretty sure Enola Holmes too will be on Netflix as well because they have lots of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the first one was was okay like i enjoyed it um i know you did you thought it was okay as well yeah it was it was fine it wasn't it's fine uh because that was based on a few of there's there's a whole book series isn't it and that was based on the first couple or something i think was it oh i i I can't remember might not be true uh but yeah i'm sure they've got lots of material to uh, to mine if they want to have an enola holmes uh quadrilogy or quintilogy or septilogy they can keep going Forever and ever. It will become the new James Bond. In decades to come, people will say, who is going to be the new Enola Holmes? Yeah, sarcasm. Is <laughs> I'm just thinking party. about primitive roots. Um, the Speaking of Henry Cavill, um, there can be only one uh, Highlander reboot decision, and he is in it. That's a reference to Highlander. Have you seen Highlander? I've not seen Highlander. Uh, it's it's not a good film. People, people love it. Um, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's the Queen soundtrack. Uh, so there's an 80s film. There's a guy uh, who is immortal, and it turns out there's a whole bunch of people who are immortal, but then they go around killing each other because there can be only one. That sounds uh, like Mortal Kombat, Colin. Are you sure you... It does sound a bit like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, and that person is called the Highlander, I think. Um, it's it's most notable because they decided that great casting would be the Scottish guy is played by Christophe Lambert, who is a French-Canadian. And then they get a guy who I think is both Spanish and Egyptian, who was played by Sean Connery, um, who oh, okay. is of course Scottish. So it's utterly nuts. Uh, oh, and they live for you know, well, they were immortal and stuff. Um, anyway, people seem to love it. There was a first film, and then a bunch like a, a series and a, at least one sequel, maybe more. Um, and Henry Cavill, who is quite a nerd, 
um is he, he loves his dungeons and dragons and all that kind of stuff that he was the witcher he was very big into yep and that's why he took the role um and so he's he's doing more of that kind of thing i mean he does have quite a good physique for a fantasy character doesn't he yeah like, he, he does okay. he can take his shirt off and cut someone's head off with the best of them pretty much yeah exactly like you know you think about any fantasy film you can imagine uh henry cavill doing that conan the barbarian he can probably do that uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything, yeah. He 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 suits that quite well. Uh, but uh, my my opening phrase, there can be only one, was a, a subtle reference to Jean to the uh, the famous Highlander line that there can be only one. That was what was going mm. on there. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I'm sure many of our listeners uh, appreciated it. <laughs> <laughs> How old must you need to be to be able to appreciate that? You, maybe what ten? It depends when you see the film, I suppose. Um, I I didn't see it when it first came out, so. Uh, Anyone, anyone can see it any time, Susan. <laughs> anyone can see it at any time. But it came out in yeah, the eighties sometime. Mm. Um, speaking about things that came out in the eighties, uh, Hocus Pocus two. Oh yeah. Right. Actually, that's not true. I'm thinking oh, right. in the early nineties. Uh, but Sarah Jessica Parker, Bat Midler, and uh, Kathleen and Jimmy, the the three original witches in Hocus Pocus, are officially back for Hocus Pocus. I 2. know nothing about Hocus Pocus. They're just three witches. Okay, sounds like my yeah, but that's not it's not Macbeth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but are, they, are they good witches? No, they're evil witches. Uh, they get stopped by a bunch of meddling teenagers. Yeah. Well, mm. it's good that Sarah Jessica Parker's still getting work. Mm. Good for her. And, and Bette Midler, right? Bette Midler. Still alive. Who knew? <laughs> uh dear. Um, good. I won't be watching that. Um, at least not until I've watched the first Hocus Pocus, which I don't see happening anytime soon. Yep. Uh, speaking of sequels, Attack the Block 2, slightly surprisingly, is has been announced. So this was a, a fairly low-budget uh, British sci-fi film from, oh, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, mm. Starred a uh, John Boyega, that's what, what brought him to many people's attention. Directed by Joe Cornish. Uh, also starred uh, uh, Doctor Who herself, Jodie Whittaker. Um, but it's coming back. I think John Baker is on board. I don't know about. Uh, I don't know if Jodie is or not. Um, it was all about uh, what well, an alien invasion. But the kind of the the unique selling point was that it was in uh, uh, the East End. I think the East End of London, and it, it was quite funny. It's pretty good. Okay. Um, so John Baker is a much bigger star now. I'm presumably uh, uh, might sell a few more tickets. I don't. I don't know how well it did. I think it might have been a bit of a cult classic. But uh, yeah, Attack the Block too. Nice. Yeah. I- I've heard of the first one, but I've not seen it, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I spoke about Conan the Barbarian earlier. Um, just uh, a random one. Uh, Hannah Joan John Carvin, um, who played Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp, oh, yeah. um, will be playing Red Sonia. Red Sonia? Char- yeah, who's a character in the Conan the Barbarian universe. Um, yep. Are we getting a Conan the Barbarian film that I didn't hear about? Uh, no. Oh, it's the spin-off, but, is it? But it's going to be a spin-off, yes. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think the only Conan the Barbarian film out there is the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, a long, long time ago. Yeah, I, do, do people love Conan the Barbarian enough to want to watch a spin-off? Uh, I think movie producers are always needing some idea. Got to do something. It's probably yeah. it's probably not in uh, copyright, so uh, exactly free ideas. <laughs> there you go. Lap them up. Wow, it's really a big week for announcing films that no one's going to want to watch. I um, know, all right. <laughs> I think people got overexcited by cinemas being open. Like, what can we do? Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, the Golden Globes are in trouble, Zijan, for reasons I can't quite work out. Um, There's a lack of diversity in the, the, the people who watch the films and give the awards, right? Yeah. So that's been going on for a long time. And they said, we'll do something about it. And then everyone said, you're not doing anything quick enough. So uh, it's not going to be televised. Tom Cruise has returned his Golden Globes. All three oh, of them. Oh, wow. Um, and various various people have got very cross. Which uh, I mean, the, the whole thing, the whole Golden Globes thing is a bit weird because a, a very small number of people who just happen to be writing for newspapers decide so, they want to give out some awards so they can meet some celebrities and have a, a lot of champagne. It seems like that, isn't it? Because they get wooed. Like like the thing with award shows now is a lot of uh, marketing as well on the studio or studios part. It's a lot of, uh, like Netflix especially, spent a lot of money hmm. trying to promote their films to uh, people in the award show so that they can get nominated and win awards. So it's as much as uh, 
um, marketing promotional thing as, as it is like a, uh, you know acknowledging uh, people's work in the arts so um, yeah you are right in the sense that the Hollywood Foreign Press I think that's the, the group yeah, who, yeah. who gave awards in the Golden Globes seems like they're using this as just an opportunity to go and get drunk with celebrities it seems that way anyway so they they put up their timeline of what they're going to do to change things and people weren't happy so there you go um, mm. we're going to just have to have one fewer of the many many award ceremonies I mean no one cares about the Golden Globes do they it's, no it's, it's basically a precursor to the Oscars but it's, it tends to be funnier though that's what that's the only thing that I like about it it, takes, oh, yeah. it tends to take itself less seriously um, you tend to get you know you know, funnier people hosting it um, because obviously it's a mix between TV, television, and uh, and film, right? So you get yeah, okay. a lot of people who mix uh, actors who mix among each other that they don't usually do. They don't run in the same circles. So in that sense, it's quite fun to see that. But yeah, I mean, the Golden Globes. Come on, two two best films, <laughs> and some don't even qualify as a music or comedy. But yeah, so it's the famous musical comedy uh, section that we all love. But. Uh, yeah, I think if a if a film comes out and it's like starring Golden Globe winner so and so, you just think, well, they didn't win an Oscar then. <laughs> um, my last bit of news is that uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, um, who you mentioned before in our previous podcast, uh, Lord and Miller, and uh, they may get to, they may get some mention on our scene animation quiz. Exactly, um, they are adapting a book about the pandemic. Oh, yeah. called The Premonition. So this book was written by uh, the Moneyball writer, Michael Lewis. Um, and it focuses on a series of medical visionaries who saw the dangers of an exponential COVID spread uh, based on the information that was coming from China um, and basically showed that they tried to sound an alarm and work around bureaucracies and their efforts pre- helped keep death counts lower than they otherwise could have been. So... Uh, it seems like it's coming. It's still very s- soon to make a film about the pandemic, given that yeah, it's not entirely yeah. over yet. I mean, look at India uh, at the moment. So yep. yeah, yeah. it's a it's an odd choice to. I mean, like this film will probably come out in two years' time, and hopefully, it, say, it feels like it might get overtaken by events if they're like, and that solved all that problem. Yeah, when we're all still thing. living in bunkers in twenty twenty three. Yeah, let's let's not go there. <laughs> Ah, dear. Uh, fine, I don't have any more news, Eugene. Well, and that's it. That's the end. I've ended the news. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> it's not often I do get to do that, okay? Uh, no, and you complained that I ended on a downer note, and you've ended it about COVID. <laughs> that, that is true, that is true. But it's a hopeful film. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. There could have been more deaths. <laughs> Yeah, Fine. exactly. <laughs> um, we move on then to our section to see or not to Z, where we tell you the list about the films that we have recently seen, maybe at the cinema, maybe not, and uh, tell you whether you should see them or not. Uh, Zijan. Hello. You've not been to the cinema, but, uh, but have you been watching any films? I definitely didn't go to the cinema this week, but I've been going out to, to eat a lot. <laughs> okay, yeah. let, welcome to our spin-off podcast, um, <laughs> me, Meal Recommendations. Meal I can't give loads of them. But uh, I did actually got, get time to watch The Mitchells vs. The Machines that you recommended in the previous podcast. Nice. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really good. It's really, yeah. really good. And I find that it's, it's annoying that Netflix didn't really good, do a good job in promoting this film. Like, <laughs> I've... I, I don't know about you, but I literally not has not have not heard about about this film at all okay. until you mentioned it. Basically. Uh, um, public service that I'm providing. Uh, so at least I my know. at least at least my co-host uh, hears about it. Uh, I heard loads about it, but I follow um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller on Twitter. And ah, that's why. About it a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, it's it's true though. Like, I wouldn't have watched it unless you told me about it. Like, yeah, it's. But now I'm spreading the word. It's a great film. There you yes. go. If you missed, the, if you missed the episode where I talked about it, here's a new episode where Susan talks about it. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it much anyway. No, but fair enough. Yeah, it's great. Uh, good stuff. Okay, um, right. Uh, I have been watching a few films. One of which um, was on Netflix, which is uh, The Woman in the Window, which is the uh, Amy Adams, uh, Alfred Hitchcock-ish, supposedly like film. That's the one. So it's directed by Joe Wright, Amy Adams. Uh, is a agoraphobic woman who um, who thinks that she has 
seen a, a crime, a murder committed across the street from her. So if anyone has ever seen or indeed heard of uh, Rear Window, you'll know that's a very similar plotline to Rear Window, uh, something that Joe Wright fully admits when um, literally in the first few seconds of the film you see a clip from Rear Window on uh, <laughs> on her TV. But as you say, it's, it's much more... Um, much more than just Rear Window, so it's very Hitchcockian throughout and uh, really ramps up quite... Um, so ramps up the suspense, but in a, in a quite over-the-top way that, that is quite reminiscent of Hitchcock, because although Hitchcock obviously is, is the master of suspense, but if you, uh, you look at what he does, or if you look at it now, it, it does look quite over-the-top compared to the more, more subtle stuff we get since oh. in, in response to that. And this, this doesn't go subtle at all. This goes um, very lurid and... Uh, and dramatic music and camera shots and blah blah. Uh, okay. It's it's not been reviewed. It's not been received well. I think it's got quite bad reviews. Um, oh. But I think they're missing the point a bit because <laughs> I, 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 I. Okay. Wow. A dissenting view. Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, I, apart from I think so. Where I do agree with the views is that the, towards the end it goes a bit off the rails. Uh, but I think yeah, it, it is over the top and it is uh, kind of suspenseful and dramatic to the point of silliness at times. But that, that, I think that's deliberate. I think that's kind of it's because it's taking its cues from Hitchcock. It's, it's deliberately overdoing uh, things compared to what we would normally see now. Amy Adams is very good. Uh, it has some twists and turns along the way. So I think yeah, don't go in expecting um, one of the year's great films. But I think it's I think it's better than the reviews say it is. Um, okay. there's, there's enough to enjoy. Um, and. Suddenly, so, you know, I, I was trying to. I don't usually try and predict what's going to happen in a film, but I, I did in this one, and um, uh, and it it swept the, the the rug from under my feet a couple of times. So, I did expect you to choose this kind of film to watch. Yeah, I'll say it was um, it was doing pretty well on Netflix, and I like Amy Adams and uh, Joe, Joe Wright. I'm never quite sure about. I thought he's a bit hit and miss for me. Um, I think he, he. I like the way that he really goes for stuff. So things like Anna Karenina. Um, I really I like his ambition. But I don't think he quite hits what he's going for all the time, and so this this could have been better. But it was it was worth a watch. Yeah. Um, uh, so check that one out. And the uh, the cinema season, I went to see Godzilla vs Kong. <laughs> I did not go and see Godzilla vs Kong. Uh, I went to see Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes, um, I knew it. So Daniel Kaluuya has uh, has won an Oscar won for Oscar. this, uh-huh. uh, playing Fred Hampton, uh, leader of the Black Panthers. Um, curiously, and I hadn't spotted this until uh, until after watching the film, um, both Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Lakeith Stanfield were nominated as Best Supporting Actor uh, at the Oscars. I'm not sure who they're supposed to be supporting, because <laughs> there's no lead actor, if that's the case. Okay. Um, no, it's a weird one. Lakeith Stanfield is basically the, the lead actor. And I think even the, the producers of the film had been kind of pushing for him to be nominated for lead, and then the Oscars decided to be weird um i'm gonna dissent again to and people love this film and i wasn't that impressed what uh i know it's a topsy-turvy it's a weird one because it's probably better than uh, woman in the window but because i went in with such different expectations i suppose for each one uh yeah, that, that. The, the, the acting is, is fantastic daniel clear is, is really good really good uh well well worthy of his oscar but the the film itself just felt a bit unfocused to me and I thought Lakeith Stanfield actually, who who I do like in other things, I thought he was he was good, but maybe there was no real subtlety in his performance. He just went from kind of, um, just went very big a lot of the time. Like he was, he go from from being fine to just kind of wide eyed terror. I think I'm looking for a few more shades of grey. Uh, I'm also not really sure what the film's trying to say. So it's about the Black Panthers. It's about a guy uh, it's played by Lakeith Stanfield who who uh, infiltrates them uh, and is a kind of paid informant. It's based on a true story. But, but you look at this film and think, well, I, I quite like the fact that there's... It is, uh, for want of a better phrase, it's not black and white. Um, there are kind of... There's no... There's no good guys, really. <laughs> I mean... Okay. So one, you know, this guy who's informant, he's not a great guy. The policeman's not a great guy. The, the Black Panthers, Fred Hampton, they're not... I mean, Fred Hampton's the closest to a good guy, I suppose, but the Black Panthers are still shooting openly at police officers whenever they feel like it. So yeah. they're not, not exactly a, uh, heroes in that mm. respect. But you never really get under the skin of, you know, why is he doing this? How does he feel about this? How does the how do the police feel when things turn around? Um, so, yeah, I, I came out of this thinking it was it was well acted, particularly by Daniel Kluger, but but 
something like the trial of the Chicago Six, which um, uh, seven rather, uh, which covers a lot of the same yep, exactly. uh, time period. I thought was a, a, a vastly better film as well. Okay. Mm. Oh, that's a shame though. Because I, I was speaking to a friend this uh, afternoon as well, mm. and she said that she really enjoyed the film. So now I'm torn. Yeah, it's it's weird. I I came out of it on other reviews, and like I say, everyone else I think it's got ninety something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So almost everyone else <laughs> loves it. Um, my, my, the other theory is I'm talking nonsense, and it's just I'm so unused to not not looking at my phone for the, for the duration <laughs> of the movie that I, I just get. Um, I, I don't know how yeah, to do it anymore. You get confused with a big screen. I, it could be sitting that, beside yeah, other people, sitting in a, sitting in a big, in a big, in a big room watching a film constantly without kind of getting up to go make a cup of tea has has discombobulated me so much that I'll never watch films <laughs> properly ever again. That's the alter, that's the alternative there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We move on then to our main segment of the day, which is Revenge Movies. Um, thank you to your brother for this suggestion, as, as I mentioned. Yeah. There are... It's, it's a, so, there are apparently lists of Revenge Movies on Google. So, I've been... You know, I just typed in Revenge Movies, and people actually do rank them. Yes. And so, I've been just going through the lists of uh, Revenge Movies that they have. And some of them... I don't think even count as revenge I've movies got, per se. Yeah. There's very bizarre choices as a revenge movie. So, for example, like, there's Pretty Woman. So, I... What? Yes. <laughs> on on someone's list, Pretty Woman is a revenge film. Who's... And for the life of me, I can't <laughs> remember in which part of Pretty Woman did... Apparently, it's to do with Julia Roberts going back to... Oh, uh, the whole... Um... Showing off to her... Yeah, I mean, that... She goes. So there's a very famous bit where she goes and she wants to get some nice clothes, and they won't let her. And then she goes back and is like, "You get paid on commission, right? Big mistake, huge." But I mean, that's one scene in the movie. That's not what the exactly. movie's about. This, this is not a re- yeah, exactly, exactly. For me, revenge films are literally like the main backbone of the the story. The plot of the story is literally about a guy, a person taking revenge, like Promising Young Woman that we we watched yes, recently and reviewed yes. recently, which is uh, about. Um, yeah, Carrie Mulligan taking revenge on for her friend, uh, on the guys who wronged her. Um, yeah, one more on the list that I found was really was uh, Legally Blonde. Okay. Yeah, like was Legally Blonde a revenge film? I'm not too uh, sure. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, I guess. No. <laughs> um, it's a very I'm, bizarre choice. So I, I, am I, I right in saying that her boyfriend said that she'd never make it, and then she did? Was that part of it? Yeah, that's true. I guess. But, it wasn't really a. She's a do, you, do you consider that taking revenge on someone by proving someone wrong? I don't, and I had the same thing. I looked at some lists on Google, and the, yeah, they, they, there's some pretty tenuous stuff. <laughs> um, I also like to say thank you to to Katie, who I'm pretty sure doesn't listen to this, um, because I was in a quiz recently where she did a, uh, a round on revenge movies. So I was like, here we go. This wow, perfect. I, I, I took the opportunity out the quiz to plug the podcast stage, and you were pleased to hear. Oh, nice. Uh, I mentioned that was happening. Uh, yeah, and. Sometimes I look at some films on, on these lists. I look at it and think, oh, I didn't think that was a revenge movie. And I think about it, I think, actually, yeah, yeah, fair point. Fair point, mm. it is. Um, uh, do you have an example of that? So I think that uh, Murder in the Orient Express. I I would not have immediately thought of that, but uh, huh. but they're right. It is, um, it is, is a true. movie where, and I won't, I'll try not to spoil too much of Murder in the Orient Express, but the, the person who was murdered is done in an act of revenge. Well, and the person who died... Yeah, he isn't a good person anyway. So, well, that brings us to a different question: Is is there a difference between uh, being out for revenge and being out for justice? Ooh, ooh, that's steep, isn't it? That's very deep. Why are we going? <laughs> going philosophical now here? Yeah, you got to do something. Um, <laughs> I, because some of these, I think, re- revenge to me. So, so uh, let me tell you a little story about Star Wars, Eden. Um Star a little Wars, story. A little, it's very little. Star Wars Episode Six um, was going to be called uh, Revenge of the Jedi, uh, and there was all sorts of publicity stuff done for it and posters and all this. And at the last minute, George Lucas is like, "No, we, should, we need to call it Return of the Jedi because Jedi don't take revenge," uh, which was then paid off in Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith, because Sith do take revenge. The idea being that um, revenge is a thing that bad people do. Uh, Interesting. Whereas presumably justice is a thing that good people do. Uh, so a lot of these things like John Wick, say, is a film that I must admit I never got to the end of, but um, he's going around shooting everyone he can think of because they killed his dog and, to a lesser extent, his wife. Um, that That's probably revenge just because he's doing it disproportionately, I suppose. 
to that. Yeah, so basically the protagonist could be seen as an antagonist by other people, basically. Yeah. Like a, yeah, that makes sense. Whereas if you're um, tracking down someone who killed your wife so that you can take them to court and put them on trial, that's not revenge. No, no, definitely not. Okay, that's seeking justice. That, okay, there we I, go. I we did it. it. We did it. Yep. Also, I'm, <laughs> I'm only including films that got the word revenge in the title. That's no, the, we're <laughs> that's not. The easy way we're to not. <laughs> we're not. I've got quite a few films here which I definitely know qualifies as revenge films. Go for um, it. I'll start with the classic Quentin Tarantino film series, Kill Bill. Now that that sounds like it's revenge. That is definitely a revenge film. I mean, the whole point of these two films is Uma Thurman wanting to kill Bill, who basically hired a bunch of, well, he and his uh, bunch of assassins went to a wedding and basically killed everyone there. Game of Thrones style. Game of Thrones style. <laughs> definitely Game of Thrones style. They, they, they also cut her down, uh, buried her life, and then... <laughs> In the two films that came up, she trained, and it was just about her killing people, killing those one the people who wronged her. And I feel like um, what I'm learning so far is revenge has got a lot about lot to do with murder. There's, yep, there's a lot of lot of murder and revenge. Um, because go to my list here, a lot of them involves a lot of uh, blood and death. Um, maybe we should talk about Pretty Woman then. <laughs> Pretty Woman, in which um, in which Judy Roberts' character slaughters uh, <laughs> a shop full of assistants off because they mean to her. Uh, I I watched Nine to Five recently, uh, uh, yeah. which is which is definitely a revenge movie, uh, but no murder, uh-huh. no murder. So Dolly Parton and Lily Tomlin and a third person, Jane Fonda. Uh, they work in an office. They work for a bloke who is um, who steals their ideas and is not very good at his job. He's not a good manager and is not respectful. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, and they decide they want to take revenge on him. Um, so in fact, they do um, fantasize about killing him. And indeed, there's rather more gunplay than I was anticipating. <laughs> uh, but in the end, they they just tie him up in his house. Um, what? Uh, it, I, I, I tweeted this the other day, but the, the nine to five women do go somewhat over the top, I think, in their revenge. Because they, they basically, they, they, they tie him up and then attach him on based onto a, a rope to the ceiling. So that he can only go so far in his house. And then if he annoys them or misplays or something, they press a button that get, that uh, retracts this rope and he gets stuck to the ceiling. <laughs> what? It's all, it's all very what? strange. What? This is... You know, right? Like when when someone I've not seen Nine to Five before, yeah. but in my head, right, it's been made into a musical as well. By the yeah, way, yeah, yeah. in my head, Nine to Five is just a working class girl trying to make it. <laughs> that's why I thought it was. That's why I thought the film is all about. Yeah, I mean, and to, I mean, it kind of is that. But they, yeah, they say they 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 do they do time up and, and they say they accidentally uh, shoot him or shoot near him. I don't, do they hit him? I can't remember. Uh, but whilst he's whilst he's away, they um. Institute all kinds of great changes in the office and blah blah. blah. But uh, yeah, weird, weirder film than I was expecting. Mm. Uh, he's also told everyone he's had an affair with Dolly Parton's character and uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, and it, I think it, it, there's a kind of a post credits thing or, or pre credits, I suppose, but post film thing where they do you know the classic end of film and say so and so went on to do this this this, and they say he went to Brazil and got kidnapped by uh, by by the locals. Has never been seen since. There you go. What? <laughs> it's a dark film, man. Dark. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Didn't the song Nine to Five come from this film? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the lyrics of Nine to Five are suspiciously quiet on the topic of arranging for your, ma- <laughs> your manager to be uh, kidnapped in Brazil. <laughs> oh, that is dark. Um, speak- <laughs> speaking about music, um, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street is also, yeah, um, it's also a film about revenge, but done in song and verse and Sondheim. Uh, yeah, the big three. <laughs> I saw this earlier this year for the first time. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. In the, oh, the, the film, right? Not the play. Or, or, yeah, the film. film. Yeah. And what did you think? I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I think... There's something about uh, Tim Burton's aesthetic that uh, puts you off. I can take it or leave it, and yeah. I, I think I'm. I think I'm just sick and tired of it. 
Because he does, he's done this so many times. This is quite an old film, though. Well, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe if I'd seen them in a different order. But yeah, I just didn't didn't think much to it. Did you do you like it? Oh, I, I enjoy it sometimes. Uh, mm. Sometimes uh, music. Uh, so I I love his lyrics, and you know the the song "A Little Priest" always makes me laugh because it's so clever. Or the or the. Do you remember the song? No. Nope. Uh, uh, that, that's a shame. That's why my Mrs. Lover was talking about the different professions they could put into pies. Okay. To be honest, I, I, I stopped paying attention after a while. Uh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a revenge film because Sweeney Todd was sent to prison um, by this uh, cruel judge played by Alan Rickman mm. uh, in the film uh, who kept his daughter because... Oddly enough, he's in love with her, the daughter, which is a bit creepy because mm. he's like 50 years her senior as well. That's yeah. very weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he got, he escapes from prison. Uh, and he, no, actually, he didn't. He got released from prison. Um, and then he uh, yeah came back and seek his revenge, basically slitting people's throats as a barber. Yeah. I also don't really like blood too much. So that's a, <laughs> no. it's, a, it's not a good film to watch. If, um, and yeah, just... Unpleasant. I, there's something about eating horrible pies as well that put, really put me off. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I've, speaking of Johnny Depp, um, for some reason this week I decided to make the most of my Disney Plus subscription uh, by watching parts of the Caribbean Five. Um, which, wow. Uh, and again, I wasn't paying full attention, if I'm honest. Um, but in this country, it went by the name of uh, Salazar's Revenge. So there you I go. I can tell them apart now. It's got the word revenge in the title. Um, so it must be a revenge film. Although not elsewhere, in in, uh, in the USA and elsewhere, um, it was called Dead Men Tell No Tales. Of course, it's different in the US. And I think there was another title somewhere else that I can't remember what it was now, but, um, but it wasn't. Wasn't so. They had three titles for this film that um, was better than I was anticipating. I think um, the perfect way to watch the Pirates of the Caribbean film is to kind of half watch it whilst doing something else, because <laughs> um, you kind of you, you can gaze up for the the big action scenes, and the, the action scenes are still pretty impressive, um, and you can kind of let most of it just wash over you. Uh, but there was definitely some revenge. Was it bloody, is it was it a bloody revenge? Um, well. I say there was definitely some revenge. Salazar was seeking revenge, but in in the end, decided to, no doubt he didn't need to take his revenge on Jack Sparrow because of a uh, magic MacGuffin thing that cancelled the curse. Uh, anyway, of course, <laughs> of course, there is one. Um, so basically, I think I've hardly watched this because I'd heard that um, they kind of it paid off the Orlando Bloom Kieran Knightley storyline. I was like, oh, I could do with an ending of that one. So. Mm. Um. So some some films put uh, put a twist to his whole revenge thing, oh, and yeah. this is one of my favorite films of all times, Colin. Okay. Uh, thanks to your introduction, anyway. Ooh. This is uh, Memento. Ah, oh, such a great film by Christopher Nolan, and it doesn't come across as a revenge film at first, but its overarching story is about uh, Leonard, who's played by Ethan Hawke, who is a man trying to uh, avenge Guy his Guy oh, oh yeah, Guy Pierce. Sorry, yeah, played by Guy Pierce, uh, who is a man trying to avenge his wife's wife's death by tracking down her killer. Um, so the, the twist in this, like in all of uh, Christopher Nolan's films, is that he doesn't have a short-term memory. Mm. Um, so he, what he does to try to help him remember is he tattoos uh, things on his skin so that he can remember them for future use, basically. Um, and it's a very, very clever film. This, this film is told, told in two halves, one moving forwards and one going backwards. Mm. Um, and at first, it's, it may seem like, you know, it's just a director's choice, you know, artistic choice to try to do something like that, but it's actually very clever. Very clever. The reason, there's a good reasoning why did he, he chose to do it that way. And so It's so clever. And it's, imagine how bad this will be if Christian Murray made it now. Yeah, I know. We can't hear half the dialogue. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah this, is, this is his best film, I think. Me too. Um, yeah, it's just so well done. And I always say, yeah, it's, it's complex, but it's fully understandable if you just mm. um, obviously pay a bit of attention. Uh, and yeah, definitely a revenge film. Tomorrow. Not as bloody as the other films I've mentioned so far. So No, I mean, there's still plenty of murder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of murder uh, and revenge, uh, Hamlet. You, have you heard of Hamlet, Susan? No, what's no? this about, Colin? Uh, so there's this playwright called William Shakespeare. Um, yeah, uh, you... You know, I, um, you know, a, West a new Side, person you know, coming in. You know, West Side Story. 
Okay, that's that's based on this play called Romeo and Juliet that most people haven't heard of, but um, it's uh, it's by William Shakespeare. Anyway, uh, Hamlet is about revenge. Uh, young Hamlet is seeking revenge on uh, Claudius, who murdered his father, uh, also called Hamlet, uh, instigated by the ghost of his father, who says, and I paraphrase, go and get revenge for my death. Uh, and he goes about it. Not very well, it has to be said. Okay. Um, Who, yeah. Which film are you talking about? There must be many versions of this. Uh, which one are you talking about? I'm going to be, I'll be talking about the Mel Gibson one. Okay. Um, oh, he's practicing his uh, Scottish accent? This not Miss Macbeth. Um, no, Danish, I suppose, but I don't think he did, I don't think he did a Danish accent uh, no. for it. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm assuming that... Um, I'm assuming that when the Danes produce this, they do Danish accents, but I've never seen a Hamlet where anyone, anyone was uh, Danish. Uh, or Norwegian, in the case of Fortinbras. Uh, I know my Hamlet's Asian. I did a, I did A-level English literature. Yeah, I didn't. No, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I like the Mel Gibson version. I think it's pretty solid. He, uh, he's a decent actor when he wants to be. Where was this film out? Um, that, was kind of, that was kind of peak Mel Gibson, so it was probably um, late 90s, I'd say. Mm. It was before uh, his troubles, shall we say. Um, it was when, he, hot off the back of Braveheart, maybe. I don't know, something like that. Uh, but I've seen another version. I've seen the David Tennant's version. Uh, those might be the only, the only ones I've seen, actually. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are quite a few, uh, quite a few famous uh, old... Uh, well, not famous. Uh, famous books about revenge as well, like The Count of Monte Cristo is one of yes. them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've not seen any of the films based on that. I don't know whether you have or not, but yeah, I, I mean, the book is all about this guy being wrongly in prison, right? So, um, and, and coming yeah, out. In, uh, in Katie's Quiz, which I mentioned, um, the uh, uh, Count of Monte Cristo is one of the, uh, the films, which I only got because she, although she blocked out the title, she failed to block out the web address at the bottom. So. <laughs> She also had Wuthering Heights, which, I, again, I watched the film in school, but I wasn't entirely sure it was a revenge film, but there you go, I suppose, oh. theoretically. Uh, Rocky Fours, Isn't that a revenge in the title? He doesn't have revenge in the title, no. <laughs> Rocky for Revenge of the Rocky. Well, revenge of the, uh, I think there's a Simpsons joke where they claim that Rocky Eight or Nine that was called Adrian's Revenge. Hmm. Um, you've still not seen Rocky, have you, Zijun? We have done a look oh, did, back at Oscar. We did, oh, that, we, did it, we did, didn't we? We did it for a look back at Oscar and you complained about him uh, being um, sexist. Forcing, forcing Adrian into a room. And it's still true, though. Yes. Yes, it is. But in Rocky Four, allegedly he's taking revenge. Um, I, I, uh, spoilers, Adrian, for Rocky Four. But Ivan Drago uh, kills Apollo Creed in the ring. Ooh. Uh, if he dies, he dies. So does Rocky go around kill it, go on a murder spree? He then? goes on a murder spree. He goes oh, Ram- Rambo it? style. He gets his fan around. <laughs> just goes to Russia with, with a machine gun and stuff. Oh, so this is a crossover of Stallone films then. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, he gets his revenge by beating him in the ring. That doesn't sound very revengey, is it? Uh, <laughs> uh, you're forgetting the, um, the, 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 the the strong Russian pride uh, well I mean according to Creed 2 this then destroyed his career and marriage uh, losing this one fight so I guess um, I guess it was oh so yeah I'm, I'm sure yeah <laughs> he got it he must feel good to know that he destroyed his marriage I bet yeah I mean, there was, although in fairness I mean <laughs> It is revenge, I suppose, but it's not very different to what he would be doing if he wasn't taking revenge, which is just going about his boxing career. Uh, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, it is the uh, second worst of the Rocky films. <laughs> wow, it's a good thing I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> um, something a little bit more left field as well, um, Mean Girls. Okay. Yeah, and we're putting this in because my my brother suggested this as well. Okay, there, there is a bit of a revenge thing in it as well. It's, it's something more lighthearted. And it's again something more left field because um, the idea of it is that Katie, uh, played by Lindsay Lohan, takes revenge on the leader of the Plastics, played by Rachel McAdams. Uh, mo in most part of the film, really, like oh, she gets to tweet lard or something. Yeah, because uh, because Rachel McAdams' character um, stole Katie's boyfriend. 
Ah, uh, uh, that's the thing. So she went on a murdering spree, obviously. A murdering uh, spree. That's right. <laughs> in fact, no, um, it's an American high school. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, let's hope there's none of those before Wednesday. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, the, the thing is, uh, she yeah, she got her revenge by basically uh, tricking her into eating some bars that make her fat. That's all. Uh, uh, making her lose her friends, you know, high school drama stuff, basically. <laughs> and in the end, she pushes her in front of a bus. Well, kind of. Okay. You know, you haven't seen the film. I have, yeah, seen, it. I have, I have seen it. Yeah, I've forgotten that bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it is kind of a, a revenge film, uh, and it, it, I think it was, um, it was one of the films that made Rachel McAdams and Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Uh, career really. And Lacey one. Chabert. Poor Lacey Chabert. Uh, her career now is exclusively Christmas movies. Exactly, yeah. Uh, which this is not. Well I, well, I guess it kind of is. There's a Christmas song, isn't there? Exactly. If Die Hard's a Christmas movie, then Mean Girls a Christmas movie. That's what I say. Um, maybe we should do an episode next uh, Christmas of tenuous Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I'm pretty sure there are quite a lot of films yeah. set with puzzles. What, what's that always in the day? Fools Rush In. That starts at Christmas. <laughs> um, now, going through this list, remind me how easily I forget the plots of films. Um I've watched both versions of True Grit, uh, which I guess, I think this might be more of a justice thing than a revenge thing, but um, uh, this girl, in both versions, her father gets killed and she wants to track down the person who did it. But uh, I'm not sure whether it's to to bring him to justice or to kill him. I think it might be to kill him, actually. Mm. Uh, So it was John Wayne's only Oscar in the original, uh, and then it was redone by the Coen brothers, uh, with, and it was Hayley Steinfeld's breakout, where she was Oscar-nominated. Uh, and it is, I think the the remake is a better film. They're both good. But, okay. Uh, if you're gonna, well, I was going to say, if you're going to watch one, watch Coen Brothers, I think you should watch both. Compare and contrast. Fair enough. Uh, speaking about revenge remake films as well, there is, and high school films again, oh, yeah. there's Carrie. Have you seen Carrie? The Sissy Spacek one. You, you, you've seen the second one? The first one, there's a Sissy Spacek one. All right. The second yeah, one is sorry. the Julian, yes. Julian Moore one. Yeah, that's a, I, I, is it Abigail Breslin? I think who played. Oh yes, yeah. I've Carrie not seen either of them. In the second one, but yeah, it's the Stephen King novel about a high school girl who has telekinetic powers, mm. who takes revenge on her high school classmates because they're quite frankly they're quite awful to her. To be honest, yes, they. Were, they, they I, I've read the plot. They they seem absolutely horrendous. I'm they glad were, they're all dead. And she had a horrible mother as well. Yes. Yeah, she had a very, very horrible mother. So, um, yeah, you kind of understand where it was coming from. But yeah, they, they pretty much all died, except her best friend. I feel there was alive. a time when uh, high school revenge movies were quite big. Like Revenge of the Nerds. That was one, wasn't it? I've not seen it. But, uh, mm. Well, I think in high school, you there, there, there are a lot of bullying going along. True. I can understand True. where... Yeah. You know why revenge like films happen? Because it's a harsh place, honestly. Being a teenager, yes. it's probably more likely that people have been bullied at high school than their parents have been killed. Exactly, um, a, that's the thing. So, a, or they've been buried alive um, having after a wedding massacre. <laughs> uh, <laughs> John Tucker Must Die, in fact, is a high school revenge movie, um, which I saw many years ago. Um, curiously, no death. Um, this three girls dis- discover that John Tucker has been dating them all, and so they plot their revenge. I forget almost everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the three girls? What are they? Who are they? Who, Who are they? Uh, I don't think there's anyone who's still famous. Um, okay. <laughs> or whoever was. Um, I'll look it up. Nah, that's okay. I seem to remember yeah. quite enjoying it, but uh, uh, so it's quite a long time ago now. <laughs> um. I'm going back to more. Well, this is this is one of those that toe the line between what's uh, whether it's revenge or justice. Oh, here. It's Brittany Snow. Oh wow! Uh, she's wow. kind of famous. Rest Ta- in Taylor Kitsch, yeah, well. yeah. Jenny McCarthy and uh, and Taylor Kitsch play small roles in it. Ashanti, who presumably is a singer. There oh. you go. Yes, she is. Anyway, sorry. Toes the line. Not uh, walks the line between uh, revenge, revenge and justice. justice. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot on the list as well. It's a Gladiator. Hmm. This is this has been on. I say I looked at a few lists and it was on all of them. Yeah, yeah, and 
Yeah, I, I guess I can understand why this where this toes the line because I don't think he kills that many people because he was forced to kill most of the people that he has to kill. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he was a gladiator, and you know, um, but basically, um, he placed uh, Russell Crowe as Maximus, a Roman general, so into slavery following the murders of both his family and the emperor, and he mm. becomes a gladiator and seeks his revenge against the new emperor. Yeah, uh, I'd, say, I'd say it's definitely revenge. Hmm. Doesn't he say, I will get my revenge in this life or the next at one point? Isn't that in his big speech? Oh, I can't remember. I think it might be. Hmm. But yeah, he ends up killing Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, yeah, actually killed the actor, Joaquin Phoenix. It was very sad. If, if, they don't, if, if the revenge doesn't succeed, does it count as a revenge film? Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm going to say it does, because uh, I've already done one or two, haven't I? Um, ah, yeah. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, I guess. No, that did work for the, for the time being. Didn't didn't work in the long run. But uh, uh, a lot of these I've already talked about previously. I think. But Ocean's Eleven um, is a is a revenge movie uh, without any Ooh, wow. without any murder at all. The, it, it takes revenge by robbing a casino because it's his uh, is the guy who stole his girlfriend or wife or something. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah, there's so many films out there that are revenge films that don't seem like it. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I would never have thought of that as being a revenge movie. But um, and I think it's one of those ones where he's just like, "Hey guys, let's rob this casino." And it's only like halfway through, the rest of the guys discover why he's chosen that one. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, even they don't know they're in a revenge movie until that point. Something that doesn't seem like a revenge film as well is uh, Gone Girl. Yeah, I, I didn't. I saw this on the list. I didn't think this was a revenge movie at all. Was it not? So, like, the wife, um, Amy, discovers her husband is cheating on her. So she plots this, uh, this, this scheme. <laughs> this, like, honestly, this, uh, this convoluted scheme to try to get uh, her husband convicted, basically, of her murder. I'd, I'd forgotten he was cheating on her, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's the thing. He was cheating okay. on her. That's, that's why. That he makes a bit more sense as a revenge movie. Yeah. Fine. Mm. Fine. Although it's a, a weird kind of revenge where he's like, I'm just going to be here, we're going to be married, and you know I'm nuts. Well, in the end, but yeah, that's the thing though, right? Because like, she had no choice because she lost all her money. Uh, and she, Rosamund Pike's uh, uh, character lost all her money, so she had to go back to Ben Affleck's character. Um, but she holds him hostage by claiming she's pregnant, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. In well, front of the... yeah. In fact, she is pregnant, isn't she? She is, I think. Yeah. Because she's like, she, I will raise your kid to hate you, and he's like, fine. Yeah. Fine, we'll do this. Rosamund <laughs> character. I guess so. We have no choice. So that's now. Exact, exact dialogue. We'll do this. Rosamund Pike's <laughs> character. <laughs> One more film on my list is uh, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. I cannot pronounce that all the time. I always, I always forget that. Yeah, fair enough. Because machine, right? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah in fairness, who knows? I, don't, yeah. I never studied Latin. I think it's Ex Machina. Yeah. Um, so I, I saw this. Is this a revenge movie? Have I have I forgotten key plot details again? Me? Uh, or did you just bring this up because you want to moan at me like you always do when you watch <laughs> this film? Well, I finally seen it anyway. It's <laughs> but she, the uh, Alicia Vikander, right, played the robot, and in the end, she rose up against her creator. Kinda. But it wasn't revenge. It was just she. He was an obstacle. Oh yeah, that's true. To so, her, to a final goal of freedom, right? I guess. Yeah, because she wants to go out into the world and. Um, you see that she doesn't have emotions, basically, she, or that she doesn't care for anyone else. She kills, not spoilers for us, kills Donald Gleason's character, kills Oscar Isaac's character. But I don't, I don't think that's a revenge movie. Huh. Do you think it is? I don't know. Uh, uh, when, when, I read, was, when I was reading the, 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 the summary, I was convinced that it was now. But okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> You're easily persuadable. I am. I am. Especially on films that I told you to watch, but you refuse to watch it with me. For those who don't remember the backstory to this, <laughs> ZJ wanted to watch this film. I said, no, I don't, I'm all right. And then I went to see it later and uh, I really enjoyed it. I've never forgiven you. And Zijan is taking revenge on me right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but he's going he's gonna to murder me. Um, that'll do. Um, those are revenge movies. That's every single revenge movie ever made. <laughs> well, anyway, I would like to thank my brother to send for recommending it. Thank you, Zijan's brother. Do you want to, do you want to give him his, his name or no? Yeah, Zijan. You've met him before, I think. He was in Bristol. Uh, yes, but the listeners haven't, so I thought uh, no. they would... Uh, yeah. Well, some of them might have done. Who knows? Does he listen to this? Yeah, he does once in a while. Excellent. Uh, once you get one of our listeners from Singapore, that's him. Ah, cool. 
Uh, we move on then to our segment, Actor Factor, where we talk about the films of a particular actor. Uh, and this time it is Judy Greer. We starred in so many films <laughs> that I don't that I didn't know she was in, but yes. Absolutely. So um, I, I had the same experience. She, she's a uh, fantastic actor, very, very, uh, very capable. She's a very bankable uh, supporting actor. It's, it's very rare that she will play a lead in anything. No. Certainly, certainly that I've seen at least. Um, but I, I, well, she's a great supporting actress. She, she is. Um, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, she was in the Ant Man series. <laughs> yeah. Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. I, I'm pretty sure she plays um, Paul Rudd's ex-wife. That's right. In the in the two films. Um, yeah, we've we've spoken about this before in our reviews. Uh, so I'm not going to mention too much about that. Mm. Um, also, the same thing that we've spoken about in our previous reviews. So you want to hear this about it? Uh, Jurassic World. Mm. She's in the first one. I suspect she. Oh, who, was, who did she play? Was she the mother? She's the mother of the kids. Yeah, so she's not okay. in the second one. All the kids who are in there, yeah. So, um, again, um, we've mentioned this in our reviews. If you want to know what our thoughts are of Jurassic World, please yep. go back to our previous podcast. Um, Tomorrowland, hmm. we've also spoken about before. I'm Have in we? a podcast? Maybe. I can't remember now. Um, it's, it wasn't a great film. Uh, I can't remember who she played, but this is a George Clooney film that uh, is based on the Disney park. Um, I don't remember, but my guess would be she was the mother of the, the main girl. Oh, okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, she plays a lot of mothers. Yes, she does. I wonder if she is a mother. Anyway. Yeah, I thought it I thought was quite a disappointing film. It was. I mean, like, the, the trailers may look like it was much better than it actually was. Um, it was it, yeah, it was so weird because they had all these, like, this really cool Tomorrowland and they, they didn't go there for until the last 20 minutes or something. Mm. And it's like, hey, look, here it is. How do we get back again? Yeah, I think, and they, they made George Clooney like the main selling point of the film as well. Um, she probably think wasn't, he wasn't really, was he a main character? It was the girl, right? The girl, mm. whose name escapes me. She was in Girl Boss on Netflix, which I watched a few episodes of. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's a bad film. Brad, Brad Bird, wasn't it? You'd expect oh, that's from. a shame. You, you expect better from him, yeah, given yeah. that he did give us the Incredibles. Mm, and one of the Mission Impossibles, I think. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll jump in. Shall I? Um, yeah. So, so those are the the, the, the ones she got paid the most for, I expect. Um, she was in uh, Elizabeth Town. I don't remember who she was in that. Um, <laughs> it's uh, a weird, not very good film that I have seen maybe five, six, seven times. I don't know. Uh, it's got Kirsten Dunst in it. Um, she. The, the only time I've seen her play the lead in anything is a film called Pottersville. Uh, which was on Netflix and I never heard of. I watched it a few years ago, but it's her and Michael Shannon uh, who are in this town called Pottersville where there is a, uh, a suspected Yeti sighting. And it turns out that many of the people who live there are furries. It's a, okay. It's a curious film, if I'm honest, but uh, kind, of, kind of quite surprisingly sweet. Um, wow. Yeah. Didn't think I'd be wow. talking about that. No. Did you? Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, don't Google that, guys. Um, <laughs> 13 Going on 30, one of my favourite uh, rom-coms. Uh, oh, Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo. That's the one. She plays um, the the best friend of Jennifer Garner's character, who is not a very pleasant person. When they grew up, yep. Mm, mm, yes. And uh, I think that's probably the first time that I had come across her. Um, ah. Maybe that was The Descendants, which was also speaking of George Clooney, she was a George Clooney in The Descendants, um, which I think is... Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley, was, yeah, her... her Play kind of, Yeah, and she, she was really good and I remember the time thinking yeah, she, she was very good and um, yeah, it's a decent film. It's, um, I can never remember the name of the good guy who directed it. Alex something. But um, yeah, it was one of his less crit- critically acclaimed ones. I think people preferred sideways an election which was him as well unless i'm getting this all wrong uh i think that's right but i think this is my favorite that i've seen it was um, a bit gentler yeah. than some and maybe a revenge movie who knows <laughs> um the the remaining films i have that you haven't mentioned um i have dawn of the planet of the apes oh um, yes she voiced one of the the apes um in it um 
and this is the second one and she was in the third one as well but I haven't seen it so it's on my list okay. <laughs> uh, unfortunately but yeah Dawn, Dawn of Planet is uh, I think I mentioned before it's really good um, the, 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 yeah, the, the, new, the new trilogy is actually pretty good she was in 27 Dresses was she really? which I'm yeah which I've seen uh, okay. the Catherine Heigl one who's always been a bridesmaid it's a rom-com um, also The Wedding Planner <laughs> Okay. With uh, Jennifer Lopez, uh, when she was pursuing a film career, um, it's probably I not think, the worst Jennifer Lopez. I think she's films. still pursuing a, a film career, isn't she? Yeah, she she was pretty good in. I heard she was pretty good in the the recent film with uh, was it Hustlers? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, but I heard that was pretty good. But um, the Wedding Planet back then she was doing rom coms. Um, you know, this is not her worst film. I think okay. that forms to forms to jiggly. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I've also seen uh, what women want. Speaking of Mel Gibson earlier, um, he can hear the internal monologues of of, of women after a uh, lightning storm in the Chinese market or something. But um, I think it's quite a fun film. Uh, it's one of the veterist types. But she is quite um, surprisingly dramatic. So she plays a character who is thinking of killing herself. Um, so there's more to that film than you might think. Uh, Adaptation, which is a wacky, weird um, Charlie Kaufman thing going on with Nicolas Cage. I don't remember who she was in that. Uh, Three Kings, which I didn't like at all. And a film called Buffaloed, which I think I might have mentioned in To See or Not To Z recently, which is a really good uh, film starring Zoe Deutsch. Uh, someone who who buys debt and then uh, goes and claims it, and is one of my favorite films I've seen this year. Oh, interesting! Uh, so, Jan, if you if you've gone through your list, uh, what is yep. your favorite Judy Greer film? Yeah, I think it would be Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, okay, yeah, it's really good. Uh, I'm gonna go thirteen, going on thirty. I love that film. Oh, it's a great film as well. <laughs> I like um, that too. And do you have a least favorite? Uh, I think it's again because I can't remember. Most of the older films that I've seen, but Tomorrowland was pretty bad and underwhelming, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah, for me, it's between that one and Three Kings. But uh, oh. for, for, the, for the sake of unity, I will join you in Tomorrowland, a world beyond. There you go. Uh, next time, we're looking at Look Back in Oscar, where we look at a uh, Oscar-winning film of the past. Um, and what, what are we looking at next time, Tijan? Uh Not... Not as long as How Green Was My Valley, but we're looking at Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we finish then with the quiz. This time it's on Sony Animation, uh, off the back of The Mitchells versus The Machines. Zijan, uh, mm-hmm. what title was given to the pirates in an adventure with scientists in the USA? That's Band of Misfits. It is. It is. Uh, question one for me. Cody Maverick is the main protagonist on, in which film? Voiced by Shia LaBeouf. Ooh. Ooh. Cody Maverick. That's a great name. <laughs> yep. See, I... That might... You see, you should give it to me like a, a, fil- a quiz topic with 21 films, Colin. It's yeah, like I gotta say, there's so many films that I just thought I can't evolve to, uh, to learn these. Um, I can't think what it is, so I'm going to say Surf's Up. That's correct. Oh, yes. Uh, question two. Which film was nominated for a Razzie for worst prequel, remake, rip-off, or sequel? Uh, oh, I've seen this. Worst prequel, remake, or sequel. It has to be The Smurfs 2, right? It was I The Smurfs 2. Very good. Yeah. Mm. Uh, question two for me. Which two historical characters made appearances in The Pirates? Oh, I've seen it. I saw this film in the cinema. Can I remember? Mm. Uh, no. I, um, I think Charles Darwin. That's one, yep. I'll give it to you. Okay. Uh, and I need another other famous evolutionary. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm struggling. I'm going to... It feels like it should be someone nautical. Um, but I can't even think of that either. So I'm, uh, let's go with Nelson. Oh, uh, no. It's Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria. Of course it is. She sends them off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question three. Which film had three direct-to-video sequels? Um, that would be Open Season, right? Correct. Hmm. 
Question three, uh, who is the voice of Sam Sparks in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Jailbreak in the Emoji Movie? Oh, I definitely looked this up. Oh, I definitely looked this up. Yeah, I always like to ask multiple film questions. Yeah, no, I, 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 I had this. I knew this at one point. Um, oh, this is gonna be. This is gonna take a while. I'm gonna be. Cut, I'm gonna be cutting some stuff out. Uh, Anna Faris. Yes, correct. Well done. Good film. Uh, I'm tired of transmittables. Uh, question four: What is the name of the city where Jean lives in the Emoji Movie? Uh, Textopolis. Very good. Uh, <laughs> an animated film quiz, Colin. Yeah. Um, question four: Of the twenty-one films produced by Sony Animation, how many were nominated for an Oscar for Best Animated Feature? I'm pretty. I I saw this as well. Um, so, Spider Verse definitely was. It won. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Surf's Up might have been. I'm going to say three. Three is correct. Keeping it, keeping it. Last question for you. So far, you've got full marks. Um, who replaced Mister T as Officer Earl in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs Two? Ooh, interesting. Oh, I know. Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Five from five. Very good. Mm. Yeah. So you've um, already won it, but let's see if I can uh, make it five four. Yeah, I'm not going to make the last question easy because it's on a film that you've seen recently. Okay. Just versus the machines. Yeah. What is the name of the song that helps Katie and her dad bond in the Mitchells vs. the Machine? Um, my la Yeah, I know. My la ha ha. I don't know what that song's called. Um, so it's called uh, Unbreakable Spirit. That's close. It's called Live Your Life. Okay. <laughs> uh, five three to you, which I think puts us level for the years, Ejan. What are we quizzing on next time? I don't know. Again, I can't remember we've done this again. I keep saying this at the end of every quiz when you ask me about yeah. this. It's just like, because I just can't remember. You can look at the spreadsheet uh, I send you. I think I have memento. All right. <laughs> yeah, um, you have memento. <laughs> yeah. I have memento. Sure, right. Um, <laughs> um, what about, I was going with Blade Runner, the two of them. Blade Runner, why not? And also there's a film called Soldier, which is in the Blade Runner uh, franchise, I think. Oh, we can put that in. There's so three yeah, films. There's, that in, there's one seventh of the films that we have to talk about, about <laughs> this time round. So yeah. Don't worry, you can play, mate. You got full marks. Um, great. Uh, and what is our main topic for next time? Uh, it's Cruella. Cruella. We're, we're might might even be back in cinemas again. Is, that, is it getting a cinema release? It's getting a cinema release. Back yeah. in cinemas, and uh, we will see you then. Bye.